Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome to this, the uh, last edition of the True Wealth Show before the prime. I don't know. I want to call it like the primary. I'm going to just say that for the Christmas holiday. Okay, I know it's holiday season and you're like not supposed to pick it out, but I just will and Merry Christmas, everybody, from my house. Okay, and to you, your favorite holiday of choice. We love you either way. And also, welcome Matthew to the studio. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm ready. I'm fired up. Super Let's talk stoked. About the markets. You know, twas the Tuesday before Christmas, and all through the studio, not a creature was stirring except for pretty much all of us. Yeah. So good. The markets deal. are stirring. Markets are stirring. This headline, by the way, just haha, Santa air quotes slays me. Right. Mm. Um, stock snap four day losing streak. David, when we were in here last Tuesday, the market was over four thousand. Yep, and it's fast forward there. to today, uh, a week later, thirty-eight twenty-one on the S and P, Dow at thirty-two eight forty-nine, Nasdaq at ten five forty-seven. Here's the fun thing about it, right? The big winner today is the Nasdaq, up ninety-two points. It's 028 percent. The S and P snaps its losing streak at point one percent higher, three point nine six. Mm. points uh the nasdaq's up 0.01 percent the russell moved about a half a percent but i'm like okay so major indexes go almost nowhere mm-hmm. and the big news is the test the sell-off continues yeah which i continue to suggest uh here in fact matt what did i say this morning in our best week video about tesla yeah i mean you said it's a car company now right like, right <laughs> people were kind of viewing it as a technology company fast forward to today Elon's kind of fallen out of favor in the public eye, and everyone's like comparing it to Ford and GM. Yeah. And then when you start doing that, that's dangerous waters, yeah. right? Because if you look at the PE ratio of Tesla versus Ford, you look at revenue and earnings, it's like, what? yeah. And I'm going to take it a step further than that because I like throwing rocks. It's fun. Do it. I would say that the interesting thing about uh, Tesla or specifically Elon Musk is. Uh, it's it seems to me to be very partisan, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like everybody's fallen out of favor with Elon Musk. No, it's that yeah, that's that true. Everybody that was, and I will I will actually label a part like a group, and I don't do this often, but I think in particular the very progressive left. Yep, has flipped on Elon Musk. He mm-hmm. went from oh he's green he's going to save the world to uh, he's he bought Twitter and he's just going to ruin um, the whole political world. Mm-hmm. And so, and I do think that a lot of major media outlets are run by a very progressive segment of the population. So I think the message is pretty loud, and it's largely worked, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like, well, yeah, this this has put Elon in a really ugly space, and Tesla is a proxy for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then here's the real question, okay? If Elon Musk was no longer involved with Tesla, then what happens? Yeah, what happens to the stock if Elon's what not in the, the picture? And it's off by more than 50% year-to-date, just so everybody's aware. Like yeah, if was... you had a $100 investment in Tesla, you have $50 now, or less. Mm-hmm. So it is shellacked. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's not as bad, by the way, as if you'd done uh, an investment in formerly Facebook, now Meta. 
Yeah, right? that was which even down worse. even after the recent rally of almost thirty percent from its bottom, it's still off about seventy percent from mm -hmm. its highs. Right. So, ugh, okay. Also, a math phenomenon illustrated in real time, right? And remember that is if you lose X percent, you need X plus even more to get back That's to where true. you started. So when you lose a fifty percent, you know you make a fifty percent move down. So Tesla gets cut in half. It has to double to get back to where it started. So 50% loss requires a 200%, well, 100% return to get back to where you started, right? Yeah. So my $100 is now 50. I need my 50 to become 100 again. I have to double my 50, where I only had to lose half of my original amount. So so if you're sitting in some cash and you're looking at these well, maybe really they're beat on up sale, companies, maybe it's getting cheaper, right? Yeah, you don't know. We but. don't know, but I do think it's a real interesting situation where the bigger picture, S&P hits 4,100 today, it's at 38. That's a pretty good sell-off, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. that's like, uh, well, 410 points would have been a 10% 10, 10 move, mm -hmm. and we're at about half that. So it's a 5% sell-off yep. in a week. It's aggressive. That's a lot of movement, right? Losing so it a is. a day. Our, our poor investors are just getting yanked around this year. Of course, if you are an investor, should you be losing sleep at night? I don't know. That, well, it depends. Are you fully invested in this market? Are all the chips in the pot and they all the pot just got a little bit smaller? I uh, mean, does it matter? The real question is, is where are we two, three years from now? Yeah, I, I think that the the question is, you know, are you a, an investor or a trader? Like mm -hmm. You're trying to move in and out and in and out. Or when do you need to access your money? That's a real big piece, right? Like if you can just avoid touching it, that's one thing. But man, if you're having to draw that money out at a loss, that would suck. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Over the weekend, I had somebody ask me the question of, well, what do you think is really going to happen? And I said to them, and this is this is as close to this the the answer I gave is, you know, my suspicion is that if you're an investor, here's here's the key. Can you afford to not take money out? Yep. Okay. Because if you can afford to not take money out, then this should just be a, a blip along the way. And the reason for it is because capital is clever, right? It finds new pathways. If you block, if you close a door, then it opens a window somewhere else. Every time that you put a rule in place, and I use the phrase, it's like financial whack-a-mole, mm -hmm. right? Oh, well, we just took away, boom, we took away that one option. Three or four other options spring up somewhere else now. I think COVID is a really good example of that, right? Like we shut down travel mainly, right? Like with all of the lockdowns, travel kind of grinded to a halt and people weren't traveling at the same rate. But when people went home, what did they do? If fixed they were home, they fixed up their houses, right? So there was an opportunity. Home Depot and Lowe's saw record inflows of money. So where there is a loss in one area, there's an opportunity in another. And that's the thing. It, it just, the opportunities move. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so as investors, we need to reposition in front of the opportunity trends. Okay. Right. And sometimes you just have to realize that Travel went on sale. If you could have waited, a lot of those stocks recovered significantly in mm -hmm. 2021. Yeah. Right? They're not all back, right? But five years from now, most of them will be. 
Mm-hmm. And it's also why we advocate for don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. I mean, if you only went out and bought, not a recommendation, by the way, when I say this, let's say you went out and just bought Carnival Cruise Lines. Okay. <laughs> oh, buddy. Was that a toughie, right? I'm yep. going to look this one up just because. I, right. I think I can do it, David. And I don't even have it in front of me. Okay. You can right, let's see how it. you do. I Where think is it Carnival right before the collapse and COVID, I think they're around 40 or 50 a share. And I think today they're around eight something a share. That's correct. So, so before the collapse, and this is the let's see, I'm looking at December of 2019, fifty dollars and eighty three cents. Mm-hmm. Today, eight dollars and ten cents. Yikes! Let me tell you, and the high water mark during that whole thing was last year in May. So Carnival May it peaked out a- at about twenty nine fifty and collapsed all over again. Right. So yeah, it, it troughed out at thirteen bucks in March of 2020. So it goes from 13 up to whatever I said, 26 or so, 29, and then back down to eight. Uh, yikes, right? right. I mean, if you put your whole nest egg in there, now. you're in it's a rough ride, and it's still rough now. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Five years from now, even if the stock price doubles, which would be averaging about 14% a year, then you're at 16 a share. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... That's still way off your highs. Yeah. Okay. So you know what we do as healthy investors? Don't put all your eggs in that one basket. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if if you own a hundred stocks and one of them falls like this, but the other ninety nine stay up, you know what we call this? Tax Smart. loss harvest. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 not that bad. It's not that significant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you spread your risk out over multiple holdings. Uh, and so there is an expression, shared it on air before. Uh, but if you want to get rich, concentrate. If you want to stay rich, diversify. Okay? Elon Musk, super concentrated, right? Yeah. And not just that, talk about all the chips on the table multiple times, right? So, you know, he's had like four or five companies that have gone just bananas. You know, he's had the boring companies, had. Um, PayPal. He's had Tesla. He's got SpaceX. He's got Starlink. Right. He keeps putting all the chip, chips in, and then those things go boom. Right. And mm-hmm. they, they shoot up. Okay. Uh, who knows what happens to Twitter and who knows what happens to Tesla because he is definitely in the negative spotlight. It's a fact. Okay. But that doesn't. That also think about how radical Tesla escalated before. Mm-hmm. Um, let's you you could uh, this is fictional by the way but you could make the case like what happens if they really did nail it with driverless oh right. right they're ready to go the software goes online and they've got we've got this thing handled and they can prove it and they can show up with a semi truck I was that just is about to go there completely driverless mm-hmm. and you go oh we've had a worker shortage hold my beer Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's over. Well, and I saw on the news, Tesla actually just delivered its first electric semi truck like this week to free delay. So, yeah. and they're, they're interesting. We still have lots of infrastructure challenges. But, we, have some, we still have environmental challenges with. But imagine how much more money Tesla could make if their semi trucks really caught on at a commercial level yeah. and started replacing. Oh, it gets it's better, like, Matt. It's Imagine crazy. if the driverless technology was a subscription. 
Yeah, and, and you're using everyone, Starlink to make it work. And California makes it a requirement on their vehicles. Okay, by and so all of a sudden <laughs> you have these areas that you have to drive electric, mm -hmm. or like they're doing up in Portland. My understanding is they're going to outlaw diesel. It's diesel sales inside the city. Yeah, and so yeah, and so like even deliveries, you can't come in unless it's biodiesel. They won't let the trucks right. in. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Right, that's just hearsay. But if that's the case, you're like, oh, buddy. Well, then electric vehicles roll on in, mm -hmm. right? And by the way, you're going to have self-driving and a satellite-linked subscription to track where everything is. Starlink is powering the semi-trucks. Yeah, right. I mean, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, so not only do I have the sale of the item, but just like Apple, I have the servicing contract as well with an, a, an ongoing revenue stream. Yeah, if you can dip all of into sudden, both the, pots. The, the multiple on this company looks radically different. Right. Because it's no longer just a car company again. Now it's back to technology and software as a service mm -hmm. so these now and p.s we can argue this, the, yeah no, this is all vapor this may never happen right ford could come in and gm could thing, come right? in yeah and well, hertz they talked about buying a bunch of it and then you know here's all right oh stuck on it all right so we're looking at we're long on this segment here ask me this question what does dave think the future of automobiles is but David, I saw you put on the headset. Yeah, I know ask, you're, ask it to me when yeah. we come back from the break. Uh, you can't do this to our listeners. No, it's we not are. Fair. You guys, stick around. If you're curious, what do I think the future of automobiles is? We'll talk about that, and then we'll have some fun too. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Matt Dixon. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 12:40 AQEM. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with. Matt Dixon. All right. Matt. Yes. How do people get caught up on this show? I know not everybody's been listening since we started today. You better go get our podcast. It's on our website, littlejohnfs.com. FS as in financial services. Right. Super fancy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fancy stuff. Little John fancy stuff. We're on. We're everywhere, though. We're on YouTube. Yeah, like, we are we, on YouTube. We're on. If you go to, like, like you can go to iTunes, right? Yeah, we're on there. The, the iTunes. If you look at podcasts, you we're could, there. Yeah, I look up the could. True Well Show and Little John, and you'll find us. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, yep. And if you don't want to do it that way, you can just go, like, go to our website, the podcast there. And you can just like listen right on the web. Can they even you find us on it. Twitter? Hmm? They can even find us on Twitter. You can. You can. We're everywhere. I, I'm on Twitter. I don't use Twitter a ton, mm -hmm. right? I don't, but. It's novel. Um, do oh reminder by the way, if you haven't checked out uh, our Facebook feed uh, right now, it's there. We are doing once again this week financial terms. So if you don't know what that is, go to our Facebook page. Uh, just go look up Little John Financial on Facebook, mm -hmm. and you'll find it. Uh, but it's kind of our running deal now. Financial terms. Anyway, have we um, had some pouring in already? I think we have. I don't know. Um, yeah, we but have. Uh, anyway, the. Um, we're, so, well, we left off at the break. We you were did? talking about cars, cars and you, you said, "Hey, I, I have this theory on what the future of vehicles looks I do. like," and you were excited for it. You're pumped up, and, well, but then we had to roll, take right? this obscene profit break. <laughs> Where did we leave off? <laughs> so, here's the thing about cars that, uh, I, and I can't predict the future, right? But let's just look out into the in like just vision for a minute. And say, like, but what could happen if? Mm -hmm. And think about. Some of the things we talked about with the fictional example of Tesla, it doesn't exist this way, but Tesla conquers driverless, and, uh, and maybe others do too. Well, like but, mo 
they use Starlink as a subscription service in order to keep cars connected ubiquitously at high speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so between cellular networks and satellite networks, you have to keep a car plugged in so it knows what's going on. And here is where I think the future of transportation can look maybe 20, 30 years from now. And I say, my kids learn to drive. My grandkids probably learn to drive because my kids are starting to drive now. But my great grandkids may not. Hmm. Here's what could happen. And the, the people that floated this model were interesting. When Hertz blew up, when Uber showed up and, and Lyft showed up and everybody became part-time cab drivers, mm-hmm. then people stopped renting cars as much. And so Hertz rental car basically went through like a bankruptcy. They did, yeah. I remember and that. And then they come out of bankruptcy and they reemerge and they're buying Teslas and stuff so that they can have this smarter fleet that people want to rent. Mm-hmm. What happens when either a company like Hertz or a company like Ford or GM or somebody doesn't sell cars anymore? They put them on the road as autonomous vehicles in cities that have smart driving systems because public transit's expensive and they decentralize public transit by making all the cars available and they're all basically are, cabs. Are you hinting at the fact that you no longer buy the vehicle but you buy a subscription Correct. through the company? You buy a subscription, the company owns the vehicles and they put them in service. And if you buy a car, it's like buying a rental. Right? Mm-hmm. You could buy a rental house or you can buy a car. You may even co-op it with Ford or GM or Tesla or somebody. You're basically acting as a funding source for them. They put your car in circulation and you get paid to put money into the pool to keep these cars running in a smart grid where the system routes cars in the most traffic efficient manner to get people Mm -hmm. from A to B and you're not allowed to drive because people have accidents and make dumb moves. But autonomous vehicles just follow their program and everybody leaves the right distance in between and they 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 just funnel the cars around traffic where they need to i'm gonna one-up you here i'm gonna add on to this conspiracy prediction what if the electric scooters that we see in big cities are a pilot test to see if this idea of yours will work because that's basically what the electric scooters are at the moment, right? Well, I mean, like, Uber's already a pilot test, right? They're yeah. tracking where everybody is. Mm-hmm. The question is just whether or not we can get a system that's capable of getting the vehicles to behave well. Because here's the, t- the problem, the transition time, right? The transition time of, hey, a human is driving with a robot, and the human is un- is less predictable. So right, the robot because robot has to be able to anticipate yeah. for what this dumb human will do. A robot can predict a robot, but they can't predict a human. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at what point do they just say, all right, look, there are these are autonomous zones where the autonomous means only self-driving zones. You can't drive your vehicle in there. Only public transit can operate in this space. You know, like I saw Disney's building their own city, right? I could see it like being piloted in something like that where it's like a controlled space, right? Sure. Like Disney has its own city. And if you move here, you're also going to get all of these electric vehicles that drive robotically so without human intervention. Now you think about this as a concept. I'm, I'm with you. And then you start to realize, like, what are, what are the things that we may see in the future? I've said this is one of them. Another is augmented reality mm-hmm. where... You have a television and you're watching a game somewhere 
and the ads are different from you than for somebody else. And it knows who's in there in the room and it's triangulating based on the viewers in the room because it recognizes your phone and it's geotagging you and knowing where everything is, right? Mm -hmm. What happens when billboards can do that? You put on glasses and what you see through your glasses is different than what somebody else sees because it's actually changing the billboard through your glasses. Oof. Okay? You can get they can already do this with geolocation. You walk yeah. into Brand X, you know, restaurant, and you're getting a coupon in your pocket on your phone. Yep, it's true. It or you're me. near a restaurant, and they incentivize you with a coupon so that you'll go here instead of somewhere else. Right? This stuff is already in the works, people. Yep, it's already coming. I was so driving to Target over the weekend, and we were talking about Target in the car. We're turning off next to the Target store, and I started getting emails from Target with coupons. I'm like, yeah, it knows. You know, it, you know, yeah, I'm headed to your store. Geolocation, it knows where you're at, and it's give. You know, I have. This is convenient too, by the way. If you this already exists too, there is a service from Google, and some of you are like, that's just too much. Maybe. Right, but here's the thing: they already know where you are because you have a phone, and you clicked yeah. accept all. So yeah. when you scroll through all the privacy, so, accept, so it's accept, not just accept. that. I mean, here's the thing: they know where you are, mm -hmm. even if you don't accept them. The cell phone knows where you are, right? Because yep. it needs to, because that's how the towers ring your phone. So you turn your phone off entirely, and then they may not know, but they know that way. So mm -hmm. Google has something called Google Keep. Okay, it's a list program. And it is location aware. So if I need to remember to get something at Brand X hardware store, I make a list of the things. And the next time I walk in the door, it pings in my pocket and pulls a list up and says, don't forget to get these things. You can do it with grocery lists or whatever you want. I do it with Costco all the time. So I'm like, oh, I have to remember to get chicken or whatever. Okay, I walk in and it reminds me, get chicken. Oh, that's right. And then I click it off the list and it's done until I add something else to my Costco list. It's probably creepy to some because they're like, whoa, they know where you are and they're pushing us. No, I told them when I get there, remind me. You know what? It freed up some brain space though, didn't it? In a sense, yes. And again, it's you can do this analog. Yeah. Okay? And I am of the generation that says you should still know how to do this analog. Right. Because I don't believe in becoming dependent on technology. Ooh, there's a fine okay? line there, isn't there? I like to leverage technology, but I don't like to be at its mercy. Mm -hmm. There is a difference. That's just me. That's just me. But I'm also aware that I've given up a certain amount of privacy for these conveniences. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know how to reclaim this privacy too. How? Turn the phone off. Magic. If it is not connected, they cannot track it. And when people say, oh, they can still track it, it's like, look, have you ever had your phone die on you mid-conversation? Because I have. It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> right? Like, when there's no power, it's a brick. Someone's so, in their car smashing their phone with a and, and if you're saying, like, oh, no, there's these passive RF tags and stuff, you get close enough, okay, maybe. But I think now we're really reaching. Okay? Bottom line is we're being monitored in a lot of ways. And so... I'm not suggesting we should give up our rights. Far from it. I'm the last guy to suggest that. But I will leverage technology for convenience where appropriate and within boundaries that I control. Hmm. Okay? okay? So I'm not like anybody that wants my data without my permission, and you're going to bury it in a 300-page document, 
Okay, I'll just say no thank you. If it takes 300 pages to describe this, that's not lawyers anymore. That's you being sneaky. Yeah. This is my rule. 300 pages, too long. Right? If you have to pass it first before you find out what's in it, we got a problem. <laughs> Just saying. I like plain language. Okay, so there's the future of uh, vehicles. Yeah. And, and every company out there, this drives me bananas, but it happens, right? Every company out there is looking to, air quotes, value sell, right? Mm -hmm. That's equivalent of how can we make it a subscription where you keep paying us forever? Right, and okay. we saw that, I think, was it one of the foreign auto manufacturers was talking about how... BMW, yeah. talking about making their heated seats... That's what it was. Uh, ...a subscription in order to use it. Can you? Would you ever pay for that subscription? No. I don't... No. I mean, like... I'm like, somebody else is willing to give it to me for free, or I'll hack your system, right? Yeah. I'll just hack it and say, it's like, I own this thing. You're going to be I like get to do it. cutting wires and splicing yep. things together. Oh, now it works. Or you just buy it without heated seats and put it in aftermarket. Yeah. So I'm like, no, just that's too much. You don't, you don't get to sell me a car, but not the right to use all the features of the car. That's, you know what we call that where I'm from? Stupid. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The thing that gets me more than the subscription services is when I walk in and they ask me if I want to be a loyalty member, right? Like, I feel like that has been a huge trend lately. Everyone, like, you get it at the most ridiculous places, too. It's like, no, I don't want to be a loyalty member because in order to redeem the points off of this thing, I would have to shop here every single day. Like, I'll give you, like, a food place, for example, right? Like, if I eat this food enough to actually redeem these rewards... I'm going to be, like, massive, right? Like, I can't yeah. eat fast food seven times a week in order to get enough rewards. Point. No, I don't want to be part of your program. Right. Uh, and <sighs> we're always being marketed to. Yeah. Uh, it does. I, I wish it wasn't quite this bad, but it has raised my level of suspicion significantly. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, no, I'm no longer like, oh, sure, whatever. Now I'm like, why do you want that? Mm -hmm. you know, what's in it for you? So is what it is. Um. All right. Are we running long again? Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Here's here let's do this, Matt. Okay. We should grab the next break. We are going to go scenarios. Matt okay. challenged me on this. I did. He's going to throw curveballs. If you're curious where you should be, this might this next segment might be for you. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is okay. Dave Littlejohn and Matt Dixon. Yeah, True Wealth. On News Radio 939 FM and 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show, where Matt Dixon is going to try to grill me. Yeah, we've got we've got some people that need some advice, and they're all three are in very different areas of their life. So are these real people? No. Okay, but... so it's real advice for fictional people. Yeah. So if this happens to resemble you, mm -hmm. uh, what I will tell you is you you can't take this as personal advice, but you can take it as a starting point so that you can ask questions to a personal advisor that will make sure you get good quality personal advice. And Matt, why do I always say this? Because your situation could have one little tiny detail that's different than the person that you're listening to on air, and that one little detail could change the advice completely. And it's even simpler than that, I would say, because we actually are advisors. Yeah. Right. Bunch of people get on the radio and they're not legal financial advisors. Right. So what do they do? They give really generic advice. Mm -hmm. And for us, 
as fiduciaries. Behind like when the we scene, talk yeah. to somebody, like the advice is supposed to be specific to them yep. and in their best interest. I don't know how to get you your best interest unless generically. Yeah, we need to know you. So yeah. if you need personalized yeah. like advice, generically, I'm like, usually it's a great idea to have a Roth IRA. Unless it's not, I need to know your circumstance. Okay, right? David, someone someone really wants personalized advice. They need to go behind a closed door and talk with someone here. How do they do it? <laughs> it doesn't. I don't care if it's closed, even right. But we'll respect your privacy. You can give us a call at five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight, which incidentally is also the number you can text if you want to give us financial terms. Okay, perfect. Five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. Right. Hey. And, and P.S. Just so you're aware. We don't charge anybody if you are kicking tires and trying to figure out if this is a good. You know fit. that I get that question all the time, and I'm glad you're taking a moment to clear that up. I'm, yeah. I, do I get a bill for this? Yeah. So, no. and the answer is no. We do not run the meter unless we're telling you we're running the meter, and so you would know in advance mm-hmm. before that happens. You get a big warning flag. Yeah, and <laughs> and so we always tell people, I'd rather you just ask the question, right? Because who we serve is kind of a specific niche, not super specific. Like we, we serve a lot of different types of customers. The The common thread is uh, we like them, right? That's the common thread is, mm-hmm. you know, we can help and we like you because if you're not likable, it's hard to help you. <laughs> uh, That's true. But the reality is we're really flexible and we like most people that, but that's the, the issue is like sometimes the circumstances aren't a great fit. We should be able to tell you that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, Circumstances would be things like we are not a debt consolidation service. If you have all debt and you're overwater or you're you're underwater and you're in trouble, like I hate to say it, but we're a financial planning firm. You need credit counseling. Not the same thing. Great lead into our first imaginary person. Oh, named okay, Michael. perfect. I didn't even okay. realize. So I've not been prepped for this. No, by you the really way. haven't. So we're about to see how I do. Okay, all right, hit me. Michael's age twenty seven and he's in debt. He's employed. Um, his employer is offering to put some money into his retirement, but he has to contribute in order to get something from his employer. Um, and he doesn't feel like he can afford to put any money into his retirement because he's just living paycheck to paycheck. What would you say to Michael, age 27, in debt? How much debt? Uh, he's got about $10,000. Okay. Is it like credit card yeah, debt? Yeah, it's credit card debt. Okay. So, Michael, I hate to say this, but you have put yourself in a really terrible position. Why is that? Well, because if I had to read between the lines, um, you're you're sort of hinting at the question of should Michael go get the free money from his employer? Right, yeah. That's what he wants to know. The short answer is yes, you should, but, Mm -hmm. right, if you are genuinely living paycheck to paycheck, my first question is, are you really living That's paycheck to paycheck? That's a good question. Is there a fluff that you can right. cut out? Or, or is this that you're confusing wants and needs? Okay. okay. So establish wants and needs yeah. first. So the wants are things that are discretionary. The needs are not. Okay. So you may want a new stereo, but you don't need one. Do you need your Xbox subscription? So you actually don't need your Xbox Okay. So cancel that. Okay, uh-huh. and so these are these are real considerations here. And keep in mind, you made these decisions. Nobody gets to play victim on debt. Ooh, okay? that's a good point. You own the fact that you chose to buy things on credit. Now you can give me all the circumstances in the world of why it's a hardship and why you did it, but the world doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. The world cares that for whatever reason you're in this spot now, and so you cannot. If you're in debt, you don't get discretionary luxury. 
and then get to say you're suffering paycheck to paycheck. So that's step like number it. one is you better tighten that belt. Okay. Now, if you can tighten the belt and you can make more than your minimum payment in so doing, and then you can also get the free money from your employer, I would do that okay. because you're getting 100% return on the investment. Here's the problem. I believe, and I should ask this other question, does Michael have any savings at all? Yes. Okay. Michael has $1,500 in his savings account. Okay. So Michael has an emergency emergency fund. Mm -hmm. We are now at Dave Ramsey level planning. Mm -hmm. So Michael, you are not going to spend the $1,500 on your credit card bill. You're going to leave that in the account because if you do spend that on the credit card bill, the next emergency you have is going right back on the credit card yep. and you're trapped in the cycle. So you will keep that for the next emergency bill that you have, your radiator goes out or whatever in your car. Right. And you will now- Strategically pay down your you debt. You will take all discretionary income that you have and you will pay the debt down to zero. And then when you can do that, then you can start investing in your retirement plan. I like it. Okay. And, Good plan. And you will invest in your retirement plan first to get the free money. You will not put more than that in. You will then put any discretionary you have, and you will build up a three to six month reserve account. I recommend three months at your age and health and the fact that you're a single income and you, unless you're injured, you should be able to get a job within 90 days if you lose your job. I got good news for you, David. Michael okay. took your advice, it worked, and now he's 45 years old. Okay. Things have radically changed for him. He's married. He's got a mortgage. He owes three hundred thousand on his home. Okay. He financed it four and a half percent. Okay. Him and his wife are making good money. They've got a joint income of like two hundred eighty thousand. Okay. Yeah, they're making good money, uh, but they've only got about one hundred seventy-five thousand in their retirement accounts total. Okay. Um, they've got two kids, and they're wondering. Uh, what do we do? Do we bump up the savings in the retirement account? Do we start saving money for our kids' college funds? We don't have any college funds for the kids. Um, do they pay down the house? So they want to know, do we aggressively pay down the house? Do we save more for our retirement? Do we try to start saving for our kids' retirement or, or uh, college How accounts? much do they have in savings in general? They don't have much. They've only got twenty thousand. Okay, they got twenty thousand, but they make a bunch of money. Yeah, they've been spending it. Okay, so what we have is some lifestyle drift here. Mm -hmm. Okay, and lifestyle drift. I'm going to define this as you're spent. You know, you have a comfortable living, and so because you have enough income coming in, it's easy to spend as it comes in. Right. And they're they they've not directed it to savings. Mm -hmm. It's it's time to have that get real moment that you're in your 40s and you need to direct some of this to savings. Mm -hmm. And the first step is to fill up the emergency account. Okay. Okay. And that's going to be probably somewhere between three and six months. And the reason it's not just an automatic six months is because you have two earners. And mm -hmm. if they're in separate jobs, you're unlikely to have. And I'm assuming they're similar. Like I mean, they're not radically disproportionate. Like one of them earns ten thousand, right. the other they're, earns two seventy. They're pretty close. They're pretty close. Because because if that's the case, if one of them's really nominal income and the other's the primary breadwinner, then you need more. Right. Okay? Because you don't point. have diversified income sources. So, but if you have two income sources, you're not likely to lose all of the money at once. So you can have a little less in the emergency account than six months. What's the emergency account number four? It either covers 
uh, some kind of event where you lose a job and you have to hold your or breath what until if you, you get got the next job. Hurt, right? That's the other. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to help you hold your breath until your disability coverage can turn on. So long-term disability. And there's another hint that you should be examining long-term disability because that could be a reality. Is if you lose your ability to earn an income and you don't die, mm-hmm. then you got an issue. Okay. Right. So you got those two things at play. I'd still ask the question of do they have adequate life insurance in play because they're relying on each other's income right now. Mm-hmm. And if one of them stopped, they could be really handicapped based right. on their lifestyle costs. So I think they have some insurance gaps in the plan. Mm-hmm. They have an emergency fund gap. And you need the emergency fund because you can't invest without an emergency fund because if something goes wrong, you have to blow up your investment account. And if the markets are down like they are this year, you can't wait them out, which right. means it costs even more to pull the money out. So you build some savings. That's going to sting a little because it's going to affect your college FAFSA eligibility for the kids. Then you start funding retirement. And you can you don't have to pay the mortgage down immediately. Just keep paying on it. I would like to see you accelerate mortgage payments and move toward debt-free. But believe it or not, the one that gets sacrificed on this one is the kids. Mm. Because you cannot borrow for retirement, but you can for education. Right. Okay. And so the kids get sacrificed on this one because you just haven't saved, right? So you're behind the power curve of savings, and you and so that's just your issue. Now there are lots of ways to catch up. Probably not enough to go into here. You can build a passive income portfolio that starts building equity in a hurry. You can contribute more into 401k plans and other ways to get tax deferral for retirement. Uh, you can start a business and you can sell it for a lump sum, right? You could inherit well if you could choose your parents. I don't know about that, <laughs> but. Those are all potentially things that could happen for you, but the reality is still pretty simple. You're outspending your the a, a healthy rate of savings, right? And so you need to adjust your lifestyle to include buffer finances. Okay, you can't just expect every year it'll be more. If you spend more than you make or spend all that you make, then you're on the edge all over again, and it's because of lifestyle drift. David, Michael benefited from that. He heeded your advice. And now he's 65 and he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. But there's one problem. What, we're up at the break deadline? Yeah, we're coming up on our last <laughs> break. And so I'm going to tell you how well he did. Tell me we, how well he's doing. When we come back from the break. All right, when we get back. Stick around, we'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You got True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEA. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show. Where Matt, you were giving me this scenario. We've been following Michael through the years. He's yes. first uh, a young man, unmarried, with debt, trying to figure out how to sort things out. And you got him out of debt, David. He, he, so, <laughs> yeah, in our example, he's out of debt. He's in his 40s. We've skipped ahead. I've had a really long career working with him. It's been great. <laughs> and so he's in his 40s. We're getting him to improve his rate of savings. Mm-hmm. And he has taken the advice and followed through. He is now 65. He's and 65. you were giving him a scenario. He did, you helped him so much that he now is sitting on over $4 million worth of assets. Okay. Yeah. And so he's got a will. And he's wanting to retire. He hasn't fully retired yet. He's on the fence. He wants to retire. He loves his job. But he's a little bit concerned about his estate. Okay. Um, He's worried about taxes. He's worried about what to do with all of these rental homes that he's acquired over the years. Okay, he's got rental homes. Yeah, he got into rental homes. Um, And he has like three kids. And Mm -hmm. the problem here is, is he doesn't know what he should do. He's debating selling the houses because he doesn't need the rental income anymore. He's... You know, mm-hmm. got the four million. 
He's like, do I sell the homes and then just give cash to the kids? Do I gift the houses to the kids? Do I um, hold on to them and just die with the homes? He doesn't know what to do. And so he just wants some general like guidance here. Okay. You've got him to the goal line, but now he doesn't know what to do. So there's a lot going on here, and we're going to condense it in the final minutes of the show here, and it won't be complete. Okay. Okay. But so first, let me ask another couple of questions. Yeah. One, where does he live? He lives here in Oregon. He's in Oregon. Okay. And he has a will. And he's still, he's st- wife's still around? Wife is still around okay. and healthy. They're both healthy. Okay, 65, healthy. Uh, they're Medicare eligible. So at this point, they've got their medical covered. He's got $4 million in assets. So in theory, he can self-fund long-term care mm-hmm. insurance and so forth. His, his, the big issues right now, uh, how much is liquid? So I, I understand properties, but half of it's liquid. liquid. Half of it's liquid. So he's got, um, and that it's about that two million is, in real estate and two million in in cash. in like in cash and retirement. And yeah, so forth. yeah. Okay, and the the ratio in retirement matters, but let's not go there right now. Mm-hmm. And and it just because the tax deferral is its own time bomb for heirs. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but making gifts. So, uh, the state of Oregon will tax your state for anything over a million dollars as it currently sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this estate presently will be exempt from federal estate taxes. And remember, estate taxes are when you die, right? Mm-hmm. So whoever goes first between he and his spouse, right, they're going to get an unlimited transfer of assets to the other person. To the other spouse, yeah. Right, but, but the survivor, when they die, then they're gonna owe taxes on everything above a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Unless you put in place a proper structure through either a will or a trust mm-hmm. that will enable the surviving spouse to capture a million dollars of exemption in estate tax from the first person to die. And we're not going to go into how to do that, just that you would need to do that. The other issue is you don't necessarily want to, unless they you want them to have the money now while you're alive, it's not tax advantageous to gift assets to the kids unless you need it out of your estate. You can make those gifts, but you're also gifting your tax basis, mm. which means that whatever you paid for it, when you give it to somebody else, they get it like they paid for it at the same price as you, where that means that if they sell it, they're going to have to pay profit on the holding. So the kids could get they could slapped get with a big tax. A big tax where mm. they, if they inherit those homes, could turn around and sell them, and they would receive in current tax law a step up in basis so that when they sold, it would be as if they bought the home the day they inherited it, and when they sell it, their profit's only based on the difference from the day they inherited when they sell. So the kids could get a lot more favorable So they could tax get like treatment. tax-free, potentially, mm-hmm. if they sell it right after they inherit. Why it matters? You'd want to compare the potential taxes the heirs might have to pay mm-hmm. versus what your state tax liability would be. In Oregon, it's roughly 10% of everything over a million, and if you do it the way I described, 10% over 2 million. Right, if you structure it, so figure you got four million, two million of it's exposed. That's about two hundred thousand dollars in estate tax. If there was more than two hundred thousand dollars of capital gains taxes in the inheritance, maybe cheaper to um, to to wait and pay the, the estate tax. Right. Uh, there are also other things you could do. Right. You could use life insurance as a mechanism to create liquidity if you wanted to pay the estate tax. But you got two million dollars. They could pay it and then get what's left. Mm-hmm. So there are options in here. But there's uh, a lot of options yeah. is what you're saying. And so I would say at this point, if you don't know what you're doing, 
you should definitely be tagging in somebody that can help. Okay, so say someone is in this situation and they need help. Okay, so we're a good start because here's the thing. Yeah. Even if we don't do the estate plan for you, we can help direct you to people that can, mm -hmm. and we can help you with the X's and O's, right? Like the let's put on a whiteboard and strategize what it should look like. So if that is you, you're welcome to give us a call or seek out your own trusted financial pro, but you can reach us at 541-375-0898. I love it, David. But before <laughs> the show's over, I want a financial term of the day. Right. No, this is our faux financial term. Remember, these are terms that are ah. submitted by our listeners. Uh, this week's faux financial term is, this one slays me, crapulence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What is crapulence? Matt, take a stab for me. Well, I think of turbulence the, on the end of that word. Okay. So, like, I just imagine, like, when it really hits the fan and you're not just getting the turbulence, you're getting some crap just oh, thrown right in your face. So, that, I'm not sure how that's financial. Here's the way I would frame it, though. I think of it as the opposite of opulence. So, mm. opulence is when you buy things and it's really extravagant and fancy. Crapulence is the equivalent of buying really useless stuff and then putting it on display as if it should have value when, in fact, it is valueless. I so, like that definition. So I think that That's crapulence the is the with. purchase of valueless things that you then hold out as if they should have value. Mm. So you're kidding yourself and everybody else around you. That is pure crapulence. Oh, that so, is, that's a good one. Awesome. All right. And so there it is. Uh, that comes courtesy of my buddy Alex. So shout out to... To, to Alex for the, the term of the week. That was a good one. We're going to have to save that one. Absolutely. All right. So for the rest of you guys, remember you can send in your financial terms. And if uh, we pick it on air, I don't know what it means right now, but it's going to go on the web page. Um, how do they reach us, Matt, for that? Give us a phone call. All so, right. 541-375-0898. Also, you can send them in to info at littlejohnfs.com. Uh, and as always, if you've got additional questions that we didn't cover here or that you need more help on, feel free to give us a call. No obligation uh, to, to just kick the tires. So about we're out of time for now. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you've been listening to True Wealth. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.